Welcome to Food Safety University and our final episode in our Trauma and Toxic Cultures series here about food manufacturing. And today we're going to be talking about accountability as a solution to a toxic culture. I hope you've enjoyed this series. It's been a blast and really thought provoking as I've recorded it. So grab your pen and paper and let's talk accountability. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Welcome, 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 my friends, to this week's episode of the podcast, and I am super excited uh, to be wrapping up our podcast series on trauma and toxic workplaces. People have been listening to these and writing me back. I don't think anybody's like publicly acknowledging trauma and toxic workplaces, which is totally fine <laughs> because that's, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, we have done some amazing work in this podcast series. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want you to... Um, Make sure that you go back and listen to the whole thing. There's a lot to take in. You might want to listen to it a couple of times. Uh, so, But it's been an amazing podcast journey with you all, and I'm so glad that I have been able to do it. And I wanted to let you know I made uh, a couple of updates over at foodsafetyuniversity.com. So if you want to know how to get in touch with us, I want you to go there, foodsafetyuniversity.com. You can download, like we have a pop-up, and you can download the 12 Steps of Passive. That will get you on our email list. Okay, and you really want to be on the email list. I am uh, going to be updating things. Uh, if you already are on the email list, then you know that I've been what I've really been doing is been sending out this podcast on the Friday emails. That's going to change up a little bit. Um, we are doing so much good stuff within Food Safety University. Um, I'm really making a pretty big old push. I'm going to be adding a ton of content between now and April. I'm going to be recording content. And if you get in now, you're going to be there on the journey and I will record what you need me to record, right? So I'm about to do a whole course on how to apply for a USDA grant of inspection where I will walk you through the process bit by bit, uh, page by page, and all the things that you need to do and how to utilize Food Safety University to actually get it done. Uh, because, you know, my goal, folks, is for you to be working uh working like with me working alongside you but the really me doing everything for you while I totally do it um and but we'll probably be ending the one-on-one -on -one service uh sometime next year you being able to get into food safety university and find all of your answers is my goal that is my goal for you and for your business 
And we are making so many strides on getting all of that really amazing information uh, in there. I've been working super hard on a whole bunch of things. And so I think you will be very pleased. So if you want to find out more about it, go to foodsafetyuniversity.com and get yourself that 12 Steps of Hassett download if you haven't already gotten it. Get on our email list. And if you are not already in Food Safety University, book a call over there on on foodsafetyuniversity.com and let's get on the phone and let's talk about how FSU is right for your business right now. Um, so that is, um, and I'm, I'm probably going to be doing a lot more on um, on toxic workplace environments and leading us, leading us out of toxic workplace environments over on FSU and I'm going to start incorporating it uh, into how things can go wrong, uh, you know, so that's, um, so uh, as it goes with every program that we have there, so every program is going to have videos associated with it, and those videos are going to be not only teaching the program, but, uh, what to do when things go wrong, so... That's part of uh, part of some of the upgrades we're making over on FSU. So if you're already in there, look for those uh, look for those new videos. And if you are not, uh, then book a call and let's get on uh, let's get on in there together. Okay, so that brings us actually to this week's this week's topic around trauma and toxic workplace environments. So last week we talked about in, uh, emotional. Um, intelligence as a solution. And that is really where all solutions start. So emotional intelligence starts in your brain, it starts in your body, it starts with your lived experience, and it's that is that is where it all starts. So, okay. But then we have to take that out one step and we have to take the personal emotional intelligence, okay, and create accountability to ourselves. And then we have to take, from a leadership perspective, individual, uh, individually emotionally intelligent human beings and lead them in a group. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because, you know, when we think about accountability, most people, I actually, I did some, like, some research and reading on this. And I was reading the Harvard Business Review, which if you like business at all, you should totally get a subscription. It's like really the best. They have amazing articles. But I was I was looking at accountability and and their their cases and and their spotlights and write ups and things on how companies do accountability. And there were some really shocking statistics about like how sixty percent of people think accountability in a workplace environment mostly means being yelled at by your boss. So I'd like to clear something up right now. If accountability to you means yelling at people, then you possibly need to go and start at the first podcast in this series, if not the first podcast in this whole entire podcast. We do not yell at our employees. That is not how we get things done. <laughs> okay. Um, but a lot of people in a workplace environment think of accountability as, you know, yearly sit downs and you have to review and, and uh, really uncomfortable conversations. And I can understand where they have come from that. You know, I I came from an army environment and I learned how to do a lot of this stuff, though truly not all of it, in the army. And when we talked about um, fit reps or fit reports and um, officer, what do we call OERs, AERs, whatever, like are the, the, the reports that I had to write on my sergeants and my officers and things like that. 
And sure, it was accountability, but I swear to God, I used to sit there and my sergeant, rightfully so, because this is what gets looked at, everybody was way more concerned about the formatting than the actual content and the content like we had all these for I just remember there being so many formatting things that we had to um, worry about and that my friends is not my strong suit if I'm giving somebody feedback and you're telling me I formatted my bullet points incorrectly and they were they were actual bullet points instead of zeros because zeros look better um, my tolerance for uh, the exercise is going to really really plummet okay so that's really not what I'm talking about when I talk about accountability what happens a lot in toxic work workplace cultures that are perpetuated by people with trauma is accountability is either not done or accountability looks like yelling at people, which in true form means you're not really taking any accountability at all. Actual accountability is really quite simple. It's you asking yourself the question, how can I be 100% responsible for the results we are trying to create? Imagine what your workplace would look like if people took 100% responsibility. Now, this is a thing I do with my teenagers, okay? And it's actually like verbal, um, it's it's verbal and emotional jujitsu, okay? Or actually a keto. I used to do I used to do a keto in college. Um, and the principle, the big principle behind Aikido is like taking away the power. And in a leadership and accountability environment that counteracts trauma, tra traumatized and toxic workplace cultures, everybody's there taking accountability. Everybody is 100% responsible for creating a product that goes out the door on spec. Can you imagine what it would look like and what it would feel like to be in your manufacturing environment if that was the case? If everybody took 100% responsibility, if the maintenance guy was as invested and felt that he was as 100% responsible for the product going out the door on spec as everybody else. Okay, so this is a hard change to make, okay? And on a personal level, you gotta practice it personally first, and then you can lead your teams to it, okay? So on a personal level, what 100% responsibility looks like is looking at your relationships, okay? And there's a very simple way to diagram out relationships. You take a piece of paper and you write your name in the center of it, okay? Put a circle around your name. All right, and then you write out all of the relationships, okay? So we actually um, did this exercise, funnily enough, in uh, foster parent training class last night. And, uh, you know, it's like mom and sister and daughter and wife. I'm a CEO. I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. Like, those are all relationships. I have a relationship with money. I have a relationship with uh, Food Safety University. Like, I, I feel like Food Safety University is a child of mine, <laughs> okay? Um, I have relationships with my college. I have relationships with my vet school. I have relationships with the Army. Like, all sorts of relationships, right? And not all relationships are equally important, but um, if you care about the results in a relationship, 
what does it look like to take 100% responsibility for those results? Okay, and the easiest way to talk about this is like with personal relationships. This is really a great place to start. And then we'll talk about money. Okay, so Andrew and I, and you've heard Andrew on the podcast, uh, Andrew and I have been married for 15 and a half years. Okay, and he and I um, love each other very much. We went on a date yesterday. It was awesome, right? And long ago, I decided that I was 100% responsible for living in a thriving marriage, right? None of this, it's 50% you and 50% me. Nope, 100% responsible. The good news is, is Andrew um, also believes he's 100% responsible. So guess what that means? It means that we live in a thriving marriage because we both decided to take 100% responsibility for the results uh, of living in a thriving marriage. Um, so what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Hey, honey, I need to talk to you about this. Hey, honey, what do you think about this? Hey, honey, maybe you didn't do that. And can we figure out how to make a better choice? right? It looks like 100% responsibility for a thriving marriage looks like me having a set number of things I will blow my stack over, okay? I worked on this with my, my uh, marriage coach, Maggie Reyes, who you heard on the podcast, but I don't know, probably this time last year or something, maybe December of last year. But there are only like four or five things that I will blow my stack on. And the safety of the kids is what is like the number one, okay? If they are in an unsafe situation, yelling occurs. Everybody is forewarned. This is not news that yelling will occur, okay? Because me managing my mind when safety is at stake is, is not always what happens. Sometimes we react first and manage our mind later. But, you know, um, there are like, but, but that's like safety, right? We don't blow our stack over food. We don't blow our stack over stuff. We don't, um, I don't blow my stack over laundry. You know, it's like if I want to take 100% responsibility and live in the house that I want to that I want to live in, we work out the laundry. We work out um, how we're going to do things. We we look at how we are actually doing things in the house, um, and then adjust accordingly. So one of the things that's really tough is uh, we have we have tweeny boys, one one teenager and and, and one tween, I guess. Um, and God help those little boys; they cannot pick up their room, or they won't pick up their room, or they they're just, it's its not something that registers. Um, and they won't put away their clothes. So we actually moved their dresser downstairs. So when clothes come out of the dryer, their clothes get folded. And uh, either I put them away or I round the boys up and put them away. Do I think when they decide that folded clothes and organized clothes is something that they uh, want in their life, they'll figure out how to step up? I absolutely do. However, between now and that seemingly far off distant future, <laughs> I really don't want to have their clothes all over the house. And so we set up a process so that I don't. <laughs> and that process creates some inconvenience for them, but not so much that they're willing to actually pick up their clothes in their room. <laughs> Right. And so that's a personal way that I'm taking 100% responsibility for thriving in my marriage, thriving in my relationship with my kids and thriving in the, you know, four walls of my house. So what are some of the things that you can do with those relationships for you where you can take 100% responsibility, where you can decide that you are accountable for results? So,
right? I feel personally 100% accountable for Andrew and I being married until death do us part, where we're both going to be planted as trees somewhere on the Wellesley property, okay? So we can, of course, translate that to work, right? What if what if everybody was 100% responsible for things getting out on spec? Not just the plant manager, not just the owner, Production sanitation, 100% responsible for stuff getting out on spec. Hmm, that would be a game changer. And that's what I'm talking about, about personal responsibility. Okay. Now, what that doesn't mean is, is it doesn't mean telling everybody how to go do their job. It means being alert and aware and understanding what's working and what's not working and, and, and being in a frame of mind where you can experiment and you can try things. Because we are on the side of practical food safety around here, right? If it's stupid and it works, it's not stupid. And if it gets the product out there on spec in a legal and conforming manner, who the heck cares? Okay, and sometimes that requires thinking differently. Sometimes that requires um, looking to the people who are actually producing your product and empowering them to be accountable for for how the facility looks and for producing things on spec. Because believe it or not, producing your product on spec means that your preventive maintenance program is in place. It means your environmental monitoring program is in place. It means that your personal hygiene program is in place. So this past week I was I was at a um, uh, at a facility doing a audit for a private equity firm and um, just you know, looking looking at things, and they had um, they had both a plant manager and a plant engineer, and it was the plant engineer that took us around, and it could not have been more obvious that the plant engineer really didn't see himself as having anything to do with the standard operating procedures, and um, that indicates to me some issues in the culture, right? If if you're, if, if the person who's in charge of the engineering around the plant, whether you or not you have an actual engineer, doesn't think the SOPs are really, um, that they really apply to him over and above, you know, wearing safety glasses on the floor and closed-toed shoes, that's kind of an issue, right? No, that's something that you really got to think about. So accountability and and having a, a, a non-toxic workplace culture looks, looks like... Um, that 100% responsibility for all the things in that circle. So, you know, you did a circle, now do a circle for work. What are the things that, you know, if you put your job in the middle there, what are all the things that you are responsible for creating results around? And I will tell you, if your job descriptions are not written in such a way that people know what results they are responsible for, I want you to spend some time, usually, you know, most of y'all have some downtime in, in Q1, I want you to spend some downtime on re-looking at those job descriptions around results and especially around food safety results. If you need help with that, we cover that in plant management in Food Safety University. So get yourself in there and start taking the plant manager course. Um, and we will um, and, and we cover that pretty uh, pretty frequently. I think I'm probably covering covering that in um, my upcoming office hours, which of course you also have access to if you're part of Food Safety University, you get access to the recordings. Okay. 
So then what happens is, is once you are, once you personally are looking at taking 100% responsibility, your leadership in that area blossoms. And what you will do is you will enable accountability for all the people that report to you or all the people who you can really see a strong tie between their job and getting the product out on spec. And when you are, when you are in a space where people are able to look at what's going well, what's not going well, uh, and what are you going to do differently? What are you going to try next? What do you think is going to work next if what we tried didn't work? It's a space of very practical food safety. It's a space of opening up and understanding that not, not everything we try works and nobody has to be at fault. Okay, People are generally going, trying to do a good job. And that makes a really, really big difference. And that's how accountability makes a difference in toxic workplace culture. That is the fastest way to turn around a toxic workplace culture is to take 100% responsibility for everything. And one of two things will happen. Either you'll create the culture that you want to be in, or you will determine that you are showing up to your workplace the very best that you can. And if your workplace isn't responding and it's still not a great place to work, then you're going to go find another job and you'll you'll find another job from the space of how people um, look when you are interviewing. How, how, you know, like what do the people say about 100% responsibility when you're interviewing um, is what I mean by how people look, like how they re relate to each other, how they interact, that sort of thing, right? That's what... That's what you can look at. What if, if you're looking at all those job descriptions and all of those responsibilities, one of the things that there are some places that do this is they make everybody reapply for their jobs every year. Now, I'm not really recommending that. Usually that comes from a space of lots of scarcity and people get very scared when we do that. So I'm not really recommending that. But it is entirely possible uh, for you to update your job descriptions with, uh, um, with responsibilities that you want people to have and then coach them into taking those responsibilities. So that is a massive transformation from a toxic workplace culture where nobody knows what the hell is going on to a workplace culture where everybody's responsible for results. So, so that's what we got. Thank you so much for joining me for this part of the podcast series. We've got some really great interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we're going to be diving into time management. So share this podcast. Come leave me a review. Subscribe. All those good things makes a really big difference in the algorithm. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the inside. Bye, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirgofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.